This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. I wanted a project that I could feel good about. And as someone who recently kind of came out as someone with RP, I wanted to ride that wave a little further. So I, I was like, I'll start a podcast. It'll help me talk to other people with RP. And then I decided that I could talk to anyone really with a disability, I think is, is interesting to me because what I'm interested in is how people adapt to having disabilities. And there's like all these little like ways to do things in the kitchen. And th- those little things that people discover through adaptation fascinate me. So I just, I want to talk to people and just hear how people are living, make a lot of new friends. That's Lance Johnson. He's a filmmaker, video editor, and host of the See Through Podcast. We had such a good conversation on your podcast It only makes sense to continue the conversation over here. So welcome, Lance. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's fun to talk again. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Lance? Who is Lance? You know, I ask myself that question all the time when I look into the mirror. (laughs) I'm uh, Lance. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I'm 30. I am a video editor and I... Recently started a podcast, as as you just described. I have a dog named Ruby, and I just just got married. Congratulations. I mean, last we spoke, you had just gotten engaged. Yeah, things happen fast. And now you're married. <laughs> that's that's, that's incredible. But, but that's great. I'm happy for you both. Appreciate it. So what people do not know, and I'm going to start this off right at the top, is that you, like me, have retinitis pigmentosa, RP. Can you explain a little bit about that? I mean, what RP is and how this has changed what you do and your life. Yeah, RP is, we both have it, but, you know, it varies from, you know, person to person who has it. But uh, overall, you know, it's it's a degenerative, you know, eye disease that um, affects basically the cells of our retina are dying. So therefore, our peripheral vision and ability to see in the dark kind of gets diminished over time varies from person to person. I still have a lot of my central vision. I'm not considered legally blind, but um, my peripheral vision is compromised and my night vision is compromised and it affects my day-to-day. Like for example, right now it's uh, winter time, so therefore it gets dark sooner. So I have to like time my dog walks. You know, I can't go into a movie theater late. You know, I have to get there early just got to keep my apartment tidy and organized and structured. That way I know where everything is and I don't trip over anything. And just uh, basically you have to um, adapt daily. And when you have RP, you know, it, it's only going to get worse. So that can be kind of uh, like, you know, this gray cloud over your head. So just adapting and trying to keep your mental health like okay with knowing that your vision's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. It's like a, you know, push and pull of the mind, I think. And in terms of your video editing, has that changed any any for you right now? Yeah, and you know, people listening are probably like, "How is you know someone with you know uh, a vision disability? Why why is <laughs> why is he a video editor?" And um, oh, I get questions all the time as to who takes my photos, and it's like I take them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have great photos. Thanks. Yeah, and my my mom has RP too, and she she takes some photos too that I'm always impressed with, and it's just like. Nothing can stop us, I think. So I I think as a video editor, you know, 
I started out, um, I went to, to film school um, to become a filmmaker and I learned all these skills such as like shooting videos and editing videos and directing. So out of college, I got a job in marketing and I was shooting, um, you know, I was like the videographer and editor. And I basically held that job for like eight years, you know, through various companies. But I, shooting a video just started to get um, a little difficult. Sometimes you're shooting in a dark studio and, you know, there's a bunch of light stands and microphones and cameras on tripods. You know, the gear is very expensive. So I would move extra slow. And, and basically, it was getting to the point where I couldn't operate at the speed I wanted to. I could still do it. And I could still shoot video today. It's just I'm going to be slower. And especially in moving to New York. Where everything's fast-paced. Fast-paced, <laughs> yeah. in Toronto, it's the same thing. Everything's fast-paced. And I'm always the slowest one. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. So, and the idea of like lugging a bunch of gear around the city and like, you know, most production companies, some of them, you know, have a big van and you'll, you'll drive the van around. That's just, I don't, I don't have a driver's license anymore. So being behind the camera wasn't fun for me anymore. Looked, looked at it objectively and decided there's not really a future for me there. I stripped down what I do to video editing, which is fine because I enjoy video editing more. I think I'm more skilled at video editing and it has more long-term, I think, um, potential for me because my central vision still is intact. And I think I can adapt and use certain softwares that kind of can help me exactly down the road. So were you open about it though? So did people know that you had a condition or was it something um, that you, you kept to yourself and just kind of tried to push through and not let anyone really know about it? Oh, I hit it. I hit it for as long as I could. And looking back on it, I'm not happy that I did that. But, you know, to to my defense, I felt since, you know, video production is such a visual, visual-based career, mm-hmm. I didn't want my potential employers or current employers to think that it was going to be a uh, like an issue. So I, I just kept it to myself and I figured you know, as long as I get the job, I can tell them later, you know, that type of thing. And, and eventually when I decided to move and I, I quit my job to move to New York, when I told my employer why I was moving, that's the first time I was ever open about it. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, we do it to ourselves, but we think we're being, we think we're protecting ourselves by not saying anything, by not telling anyone. But I think not I think, I know we're doing a lot more damage to ourselves because I could have, and I don't know about you, saved myself from a hell of a lot of anxiety had I had been honest with myself and said, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be doing this or maybe I should just speak up and say something. Like I can still do my job, but this is the, you know, I have to make this adjustment. Did you find that that once you looked at it in hindsight now that you wish you had done things just a little bit differently? Oh, 100%. Because once I was open about it, it was like all these doors opened up and I felt like I was, you know, not keeping this secret from everyone. You know, I I mean, I would only let people who are like really close to me know about it. Why did you think that you kept it to yourself? I think it's a combination of denial. Um, And once you admit it, it's kind of you, you are, once you tell the world that you're visually impaired, then you're afraid that that's how it, like people are going to treat you different or um, you're even going to think of yourself differently, you know? So it's like, 
you're you're fr- you're kind of afraid of what doors will open, but and then also what doors will close because of it, you know. So I have mixed feelings about it. You had to name three people who have been the most influential to you. Who would they be? Oh wow! Um, in high school, I made a a friend, and he's still one of my best friends. His name is Josh Lynn, but he he had a video camera, and um, we met because I had an idea to like make a. Uh, I wanted to make like a movie in high school that was like kind of like a B-horror movie that was kind of bad on purpose, but I didn't have a camera. Somehow I got in touch with my friend Josh and me and my friends, we made this like 45 minute movie in high school called Mutant Rat Attack. And it was like uh, about these rats that drink toxic waste and uh, were like causing havoc in my small town I grew up in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, meet, meeting Josh and just being exposed to him with his camera, he 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 was already... St- you know, 10 steps ahead of me in terms of filmmaking and, and using a camera and editing and it just kind of, uh, he introduced me to that whole world of filmmaking, not being like an, an abstract thought, but more of like a, like an actual thing you can do. The second would be my, uh, current roommate here in New York, Kenny Martell. Cause I met him in college in, in film school and it was to direct this documentary for a intermediate documentary production class and the teacher was like who wants to direct this video and i raised my hand and and through kenny i've made four other short films and met a bunch of friends through him and he's my friend who uh kind of opened the door for me to to move into his apartment here in new york so basically like josh and kenny they they kind of opened doors for me in terms of my filmmaking career and just like my path and then my dad, I would say, would be the third because, you know, I grew up in a small town in North Carolina called Hope Mills. And I'm not going to talk bad about Hope Mills, but I, let's just say it's not the most cultured place. And my my dad would always show me movies and he would play me music, classical music, heavy metal music, you know, classic rock you know, old funk music, all, all it's like a huge variety of just, um, arts. I think that if I wouldn't have had that exposure from my, my dad, I wouldn't have been so interested in art to begin with. And then I don't think I would have met, um, my friend Josh or my friend Kenny. For putting you on the spot, those are pretty good answers. Really good. <laughs> are you up for a couple of games? Oh yeah. I'd love to play some games. Okay, first one we're going to play is This or That. The choice is yours. You can go with this or you can go with that. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Oh, talk to animals. Now, do you prefer texting or talking on the phone? Texting. Cake or pie? Pie. What's your favorite carb? Bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes? I'll say rice. Okay. I would have said all of them. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> it's hard. Right? It's yeah. so hard. <laughs> Read a book or listen to music? Uh, music, for sure. Wine or whiskey? Wine. I love red wine. Banana bread or carrot cake? Carrot cake. Okay. Tea or coffee? Coffee by, without a doubt, I drink like four or five coffees a day. So I'm a coffee guy. You're a calm person. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, let's jump right into the podcast. Where did the podcast idea come from? And what do you hope people will take away from this podcast? Yeah, so I started it during lockdown last year. But prior to lockdown, I was already working on the podcast to get it going. And, you know, we talked about video editing earlier, and that's how I make money. But sometimes it feels very shallow, you know, if I'm just being honest, the type of work I'll work on is like, you're making commercials, you know, sometimes it'll even be a product that you don't even vouch for. So I I don't know, I was kind of getting discouraged. And I was like, I feel like I'm not contributing to society enough. And I wanted a project that I could feel good about. And, um, you know, as someone with RP, and as someone who recently kind of like, I came out as someone with RP, I wanted to kind of continue writing that. I wanted to ride that wave a little further. So I, I was like, I'll start a podcast. It'll help me talk to other people with RP. And then I decided that, oh, like I could talk to anyone really with a disability, I think is, is interesting to me because what I'm interested in is how people adapt to having disabilities. And there's like all these little like life hacks that people with disabilities know. They know how to do things differently, like ways to do things in the kitchen you know, that you probably wouldn't have even come up with if you were like completely sighted. And th- those little things that people discover through it, through adaptation, I fascinate me. So I just, I want to talk to people and, and just hear how people are living and make a lot of new friends. And it was like using my skill set for something um, that excited me. And I felt like the final product of like an episode is something that is actually useful to people. I just, you know, I, I just want to provide some value for people. So now that you're 15 episodes in, what advice would you give to someone starting a podcast? And the reason why I ask this, because when you start the whole concept, it's an idea, you put it down on paper. It does change when you actually start putting it into production and get the wheels start moving. What would you tell someone who's starting a podcast? Oh, it takes way more time than you think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I would say, yeah, I I would say what if you're thinking of starting a podcast in whatever time you imagine it taking at the bare minimum, double that time. I personally feel like regular content is essential if you want to have a podcast. And I would just say have a specific, very specific reason for the podcast a lot of people have podcasts where it's just like they bring anyone on that they want to bring on. And that's very interesting if you can bring big names on, but like you got to ask yourself, why, why does someone want to listen to you talk? What are you bringing to the table that no one else is, is saying? What perspective are you, you putting out there that's fresh and the see-through podcast, you know, it's, it's very fresh. I, I can't say it's like hugely successful, but my audience is slowly growing And I think it's because I have a specific audience I'm trying to reach, which is the disability community. I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Lance Johnson, filmmaker, video editor, and host of the See-Through Podcast. Why did you just recently start cooking? And why hadn't you been cooking up until this point? Yeah, it's a lot of reasons, and a lot of them are just excuses, I guess. But I think the main reason I started cooking recently is the lockdown, you know, being in quarantine. 
if I'm going to do takeout every day, you know, I'm going to be broke, you know? So it's just like from a cost perspective, cooking, you know, is more efficient. And then also, you know, health factors, you eat out all the time, unless you're, you know, ordering salads from restaurants. Cooking is, I feel like you have more control over how healthy your meal is. Were you ever into like those meal kits or is it, was it strictly takeout? I've done those meal kits before and sometimes I enjoyed it. And sometimes I'll be honest with you, I absolutely hated it. (laughs) Why? The food or the preparation of it? The preparation of it. (laughs) Like there was one time where it was like sun basket or something like that. I was like making barley, which is new for me. You know, I, Mm-hmm. I, I'm not when I go to the grocery store, barley never pops into my mind as something to buy. Right. But I was I, you know, I was like, all right, cool, you know, let's cook some barley. And then I, I don't know what I'm doing and it, and it's making me multitask. I have one thing in the oven, you know, I'm having to read this direction list and it's so specific. It's like five minutes into the barley, you know, put this seasoning in. And then you're multitasking with something that's cooking in the oven. And then I, I lose track of it. I'm trying to read the directions to make sure I'm doing it right. So then my timing's getting all messed up. And then I end up burning the barley and, and it's it's stuck to the pot and I have to throw the pot away. No. And, you, you know, things <laughs> like that. Pot away. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was ruined. <laughs> it was that bad? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't like the specificness of it. Yeah, I didn't. I I don't like having to read directions. I've learned this about myself. When I when I enjoy cooking, it's when I'm like just kind of free flowing, and I'm like, yeah, all right, and I'm able to kind of wing it and look, just look at it, just throw some seasonings in it, versus like looking at a a, a direction list. You know, it it takes the fun yeah. out of it. And that's what I like to say. I like to say recipes are my recipes. It's a blueprint. Yeah, I But agree. other than that, make it your own. And I agree with that. Make it your own. Make it light and fun. And to be honest, I'm pretty simple when it comes to it. I'll make like a protein and then I'll put it on like some arugula and like a small little salad. And like that's my meal. Like that's like my hack though, because I, I don't I don't want to cook a lot of vegetables <laughs> or like or like or like make rice or, or anything like that. I'm all about like efficiency. <laughs> so what's the first thing that you cooked in the kitchen? Very first thing. I remember in college, um, through the recommendation of my sister, she told me about <laughs> this thing she would make. It was like mac and cheese like you, from a box, mm-hmm. you know? And then you take a can of uh, cream of mushroom soup. Really? <laughs> a can of tuna. And then you just mix it all together. And that's a, that's like a meal. Okay. So you, know, you mean so. like a casserole type thing. <laughs> yeah. And and it sounds bizarre, but and I haven't had it in a long time, but I, I do remember it being, being pretty good. But yeah, I made a lot of like dishes using like food products like that. You know, that was like how I started. And now that we talked about it, I have a sneaky suspicion you're going to start making that today. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've triggered that memory of that dish. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I think my my wife is very particular. I think she might might cut that down. That'd have to be something I'd have to make for lunch, you know, when you know when no one's looking, you know. Just tell her I say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
but recently I've been getting more into like fresh ingredients, like fish from the fish market and, you know, some asparagus, sweet potatoes, you know, onions, arugula. Those are perfect for like the one pan meals. They're fantastic ingredients. Exactly. And, and, you know, as someone with RP, I wanted to talk about that because certain foods, everyone knows this, um, you know, had, has specific vitamins for different foods you eat certain health benefits, you know, leafy greens are full of a lot of vitamin A. Same with sweet potatoes and carrots, you know, they're, they have certain nutrients like beta carotene that are good for your eyes. So as someone who's trying to like preserve my vision, you know, what I eat does, does to me like factor into like my eyesight. Is there anything you find intimidating in the kitchen with low vision? I burn my hands all the time in the oven. <laughs> But I, I, that could just be a clumsy thing. You know, it could just be a personal thing that I'm just going to blame on my vision. No, I've got a, a set of silicone gloves that I use. They are phenomenal. They're not mitts. They're actual gloves. Okay. And they go up your forearm. So this way, if you go, if you hit it by accident, because you are, we are central. Uh-huh. Um, and you hit something by accident, you won't burn yourself. Yeah, you, I, I do all the time. I get intimidated from burning and you know since we're situal vision based learn the hard way of not pans off the stovetop you know I to fall right on the ground oil oil and food and all on right on the floor just scolding hot and then trying to not like let that ruin your meal you guys you got to start over but you know just kind of and when it comes to intimidation it's just kind of i feel like i have to be extra cautious in the kitchen i have to move slower be more methodical Make sure my cabinet doors are closed. I'll hit my head on cabinet doors. Oh, and that's that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Do you cook with your with your wife? What's that experience like cooking with a sighted partner? I do. I, it's great because you know, it's like a useful tool. You know, it's like a having a fresh pair of eyes next to you. Hey, what's is this? This good? This good? This good? You know, how's this look? You know, or. Um, where I can say like, Hey, where's this at? You know, I, I try to like get all my ingredients in one spot before I start cooking. That way I'm not looking for things when I'm making things. Cause that's when I get frustrated because, you know, with, with RP, sometimes finding things is takes longer than it should. And sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll forget a specific ingredient and like, Hey, where's that at? And then, you know, my wife will be able to like pinpoint where it is and without me taking me 10 minutes to find something. And she's just a better cook in general, so she can kind of guide me. <laughs> she can just guide, kind of guide me. And so, to be honest, most of the time she takes over. <laughs> <laughs> she's been cooking a lot longer than, than I have, so I, I lucked up. Cause she's a great cook. Okay, we're gonna go on to rapid fire. Favorite ingredient to cook with? I'm gonna say olive oil. Okay, you've got five minutes to move into a new kitchen, and you could only take one item with you. What would it be, and why? A wooden spoon, because it doesn't burn. I don't know. That's a terrible answer. (laughs) Because it's the first thing you thought about. You're playing the game right. It came to mind, the first one. I do like wooden spoons, though. I think they're nice. Okay. (laughs) Curse words you use in the kitchen. Oh... That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> definitely going to be the F word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not alone there. There are a lot. And uh, maybe a few that follow that F word, but. You have time to yourself. 
no interruptions, what do you do? I'll take like an hour long shower. <laughs> I take very long showers. I just sit down in the tub. Like I'm a weirdo. <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be? A uh, superpower. I, I always like the idea of um, flying, but you know, now that I'm older, I feel like that's problematic. I feel like the first time I would start flying, I'd probably like get injured. So, but I, I, but the idea, like the thought of flying around, you know. What is your junk food kryptonite? Oh, I would definitely say sour candy, you know, um, like sour gummy worms mm -hmm. or gummy bears or things like that. And my dentist can vouch for for me on that one. <laughs> if your fridge could talk, what would be the one word it would use to describe your snack choices? Almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> I drink like two gallons of almond milk a week. No way. Okay. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? I would bring back guitar solos. Okay. Good one. <laughs> now I ask all my guests to share a kitchen confession with us. Do you have one? Hmm. You know, we were just talking about my wife. Like mm -hmm. she gets so frustrated at me because I love like pre-made sauces and i like mm -hmm. she thinks i overdo like condiments and sauces on things and that's probably true so my confession is i basically <laughs> put a i put a sauce on everything i make oh, um, really? sometimes like, what? It, like man i'll dip everything in mayonnaise or i'll i'll put ketchup on my plate even though the food is already seasoned <laughs> a lot you know oh so you're a dipper I'm a dipper, yeah. And when growing up, I put ranch on everything. <laughs> no yeah. way. Yeah, pizza with ranch, ranch with fried chicken, ranch with French fries, ranch with roast beef, ranch with. I I don't eat ranch quite as much, but you know I do miss it. You know I do miss ranch. It's a good good friend of mine. <laughs> and uh, every every now and then, you know we'll reconnect, and it's a, always a good time. I wanted to share another story because my favorite one is, is through my, something my mom did. Actually, my mom also has RP and uh, she makes a really great carrot cake. But one, one year she made basically one year she made a cake and my family was eating it and it's just something tasted off. And we were like, what is what? Like, it's just one thing seems a little weird. Doesn't taste that good, but it's not horrible. Like what, what's the difference with this cake? And it turns out my mom, instead of putting cinnamon in the cake, she put uh, cumin no, in the cake because, yeah. you know, I guess the containers look similar. And, yes, uh, yes, yes. Even, even the words look similar, I guess, if you look at it quickly. And uh, I always think of that. Like anytime I eat cake now, I think of, of, uh, <laughs> I think of that story. <laughs> I love it. If listeners want to reach out for more info, how can they find you? Where can they listen to the podcast? Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is Lance Kestrel, L-A-N-C-E-K-E-S-T-R-E-L. The see-through podcast, the handle for that is see-through pod. And I'm also on YouTube. So yeah, hit me up. It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. 
be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.